the Lloyd's List Shipping Podcast. Welcome to the Lloyd's List Podcast. I'm Richard Mead, editor of Lloyd's List. Tanker companies are worried, very worried, and understandably so, following the second attack on vessels in the Middle East in as many months. The risks to shipping are as high as they have been in over a decade, if not since the tanker war of the late 80s. Remember, over a third of all oil supplies shipped by sea pass through the narrow, politically charged waterway that is apparently under attack now from state actors as yet unknown. So far, no group has claimed the attacks, but the US, followed by several allies equally suspicious of current motivations, have pointed the finger of blame firmly at Tehran. Like everyone else, we've been looking at the pictures closely, and the so-called limpet mines that we've all seen, said to be on the Japanese tanker, isn't convincing everyone. Security sources have offered us theories ranging from Iranian conspiracy to other national actors trying to stir the pot. The simple truth is, we don't yet have a clear picture. Meanwhile, shipping is once again stuck in the middle of a geopolitical conflict with very little protection and no real support. While very few are predicting shipping through the strait will grind to a halt, at a minimum, shippers are likely to face higher insurance costs. A larger disruption would almost certainly lead to a sharp increase in the price of crude oil, which would be little help to an already stuttering global economy. As the chairman of Intertanko succinctly put it to us yesterday, I am extremely worried about the safety of our crews going through the Straits of Amuts. The waters are becoming unsafe. The supply to the entire Western world could be at risk. Joining me on the podcast today to discuss the implications of this for shipping is Jakob Larsson, head of security at Ship Owners Association, BIMCO. Now, we're talking you know, the day after these attacks have happened, so realistically there is an element of speculation. But just give us the overview in terms of what we actually know at this point. Well, what we actually know is that uh, these two tankers were uh, apparently attacked um, in the Gulf of Oman and sustained uh, quite severe damages. Um, all the crew were rescued. Uh, one crew were uh, subsequently taken into custody by the Iranian uh, authorities and is now uh, safely arrived in Iran. And the other one uh, was taken into custody by uh, the US destroyer, USS Bainbridge. Uh, and, and all crew are, are safe. So that's that's good news at, at last. Mm. Um, then we uh, we know a little bit about the, the damages that the vessels have uh, sustained and from the, um, I must say, fairly poor uh, photos that I've seen uh, so far, it looks um, interesting, I'd say. Uh, there's really no clear answer as to what has caused these uh, damages. So it could be uh, some sort of uh, projectile, perhaps mm. even a small rocket or missile, or it could also be caused by limpet mines, as has been speculated by some. Mm. As we say, a lot of speculation going on out there. We saw the US Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, last night uh, effectively point the finger of blame at Iran again. Um, this was uh, the conclusion from the US in the last round of attacks, and certainly others have joined them in uh, making that accusation. Little hard evidence to uh, support that right now. But we have seen some photos, as you say, of um, apparent evidence of limpet mines being removed by the IRGC, the Iranian National uh, Guard. Th- that is obviously raising a lot of questions. And uh, to be perfectly blunt, you know, the, the, the geopolitics of this is, is beyond the remit of both you and I. I'm more interested in terms of 
Do you think that uh, an Iranian threat, as perceived by the US and many others, is, is genuine? And if so, what are the implications for shipping in that region right now? Yeah, first of all, I think that an Iranian threat is very uh, genuine as the situation is right now. Right now, the, the situation is about as close to, to armed conflict as, as we can get. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because Iran has been under a lot of pressure by the US lately. Uh, the sanctions have been tightened. The US have deployed extra military forces to the region and have also stepped up their rhetorics. Uh, so Iran is really now feeling the, the full weight of the, the US economic and, and the military pressure. Um, and that is, of course, a big concern to them, and it's hurting their economy, according to all the reports I've seen. So what can Iran realistically do to let the US know that uh, this is not sustainable in the long term? You could say they've sort of exhausted their vocabulary in, term, in terms of uh, threats. They've been threatening to close the Hormuz and eradicate Israel and what have we for the past 10 years or even more. So if Iran is to send a clear message to the US, this is the way to do it. Mm. And uh, following the four first attacks on the 12th of May, uh, U.S. haven't really substantially changed their their stance vis-à-vis uh, -vis Iran. So for Iran, I think the next natural step would be to, to uh, carry out another attack, mm. if indeed it is Iran who carry out these attacks. We don't have the evidence yet. Uh, this is it. I mean, we are, as you say, speculating uh, you know, in terms of the, the actors involved, but the threat is very real. When the attacks a month ago happened, we saw little movement in terms of the oil price, uh, I think, um, while concerning, it probably didn't um, rattle the markets as much as we've seen this latest set of attacks because there is a clear pattern here. These are tankers that are laden. Um, they are in a very specific region, uh, a region that is responsible for 30 plus percent of uh, the world's oil trade. So there is a very clear intent here behind, behind whoever is doing this. But yet again, we find the shipping industry very much stuck in the middle of geopolitics. It has very little agency to affect. So I guess the question for you as head of security for the Ship Owners Association, Bunko, what do we do? Uh, you know, this is not the same as when we were responding to the piracy threat off Somalia. As seriously as that was, the combination of naval support and armed guards were a relatively expensive but effective uh, solution. This is not something that is easy for anybody to uh, mitigate risk against. You're absolutely right, and for that reason, I mean, we have to look at, at uh, all uh, potential scenarios that could have unfolded here uh, and look at both measures uh, to take when in port and uh, when the vessel is at sea as well. Mm. So uh, in, in port, you can do uh, quite a few things. I mean, you can step up your, your patrols, uh, you can uh, maneuver with your propellers and your bow thrusters, your stern thrusters to uh, make it difficult for hostile divers to, to put a limpet mine on your ship. Um, and of course, maintain a close dialogue uh, with authorities. So that's basically what you can do when you're in port. When the vessel is at sea, uh, it's a different story. It's a little bit more difficult to, to take concrete measures and to, to actively protect the vessel. So, so uh, but uh, I mean, one way of doing it is, of course, to, to stay uh, or keep the distance to, to the Iranian coast where it appears that. Uh, some of these attacks could come from. Mm. Uh, that's one way. And then, of course, in case there is an attack on the vessel, 
be prepared, have your drills carried out so that your crew is ready to, um, to uh, do damage control, mm. uh, consider the uh, watertight integrity of the ship, so close all the doors that don't need to uh, be open, all the watertight doors, uh, that will help the vessel survive in the event that it's struck. Mm. Um, so these are the, the kinds of things that you can do to protect the vessel. Mm. Uh, also, and not least, uh, it's important that vessels, they register their, their intended movements with the, the UK Maritime Trade Operations. Um, they set up an office uh, in connection with the uh, piracy problem of Somalia and, and that office is, is still running. So we recommend, we recommend all ships to, to follow the, uh, the, um, the voluntary uh, reporting area uh, and, and the uh, instructions that apply to that area. Mm. So we're basically back to BMP, the best management practice that um, you know, became business as usual I guess um, a few years ago off the eastern seaboard of Africa No, I'd say yes in terms of, of reporting and registering the, the vessel with the UK MTO yes we are back to BMP but as far as the rest is concerned so arm guards and barbed wire and all this stuff I don't see that uh, so much coming into okay. uh, into play here okay and in terms of the, the you know the wider threat for shipping do you do, do you feel that we're going to see any sort of behavioural decisions from the tanker owners? We, we saw yesterday a number of the tanker owners effectively hold off on making decisions. I think that was very much a temporary decision until we knew what was happening. But we're six explosions in. Thankfully, nobody has been killed. But that really seems more luck than judgment at this stage. You know, what, what, what are we going to see realistically as the implications if this continues to be, as you put it, about as close to uh, armed conflict as we're going to see. Yeah, uh, we've been in this situation before, actually, uh, back in the 80s during the, the tanker wars between the Iran and Iraq, where the belligerents also were targeting uh, merchant ships. Um, so possibly it's it's the sort of same scenario that we are confronted with here, perhaps mm. only with one side doing the, uh, the attacking on, on, on shipping. And uh, of course, the shipping will have to, to take their precautions. So mm. will, will the tanker stay completely away from the Gulf? I don't think so. Uh, they didn't do it during the tanker wars. And um, when threats uh, increase, uh, the freight rates also have a tendency to go up. And, and that makes it more attractive for, mm. for some owners to, uh, to, to trade in the area. Well, ironically, uh, you know, one of the targets yesterday was a frontline ship. John Fredrickson, of course, famously made an absolute killing, so to speak, in the, uh, in the tanker wars. Uh, you know, as you say, risk is there, but profits are there as well. Worrying in the sense that um, crew safety is being, uh, you know, potentially jeopardised here. You're right. It, it is more dangerous for crew to um, to uh, operate in these waters. There's no doubt about it. Uh, and of course, if, if you uh, took the completely theoretical uh, moral high ground, you would say that all vessels had to stay out. But the other side of the coin to that is that if you did that, then the, uh, the perpetrators of these crimes would have successfully uh, interrupted uh, the trade in the area. And I don't think anyone really wants that. So the ship owner and of course the seafarers, they are, they are caught in a, in a bit of a limbo. And, uh, Yes, there is increased risks involved, and there are mechanisms in place for how to, to uh, deal with it, both for the ship owner commercially, but also for the seafarers. Mm. Um, essentially, if they don't want to be part of the voyage, they can, they can choose to, uh, to step off. Mm. And do you foresee any um, significant decisions coming from the regulators, be it the War Risk Committee, be it uh, the IMO itself? Is there anything that can be done from you know, shipping's bodies? 
I don't expect anything um, uh, sort of very specific to come out of IMO. I mean, we've seen already some fairly general statements from the IMO Secretary General, and, mm. and today at uh, the meetings at IMO Maritime Safety Committee, there will probably be some some more statements made. Um, the Joint War Committee, yes, they have uh, already with the first spate of attacks, they actually changed the uh, the uh, listed area. Uh, so that it now includes uh, a larger part and, and thereby this also this area that is affected now. So I don't think that anything else will come out of that. Mm. Perhaps we will see insurance rates uh, climb up, but, but that's really a negotiation between the insurance brokers and uh, the ship owners. Okay. Well, we will uh, wait and see. We very much hope this is uh, the last of a spate, but I can't help think this is a pattern emerging here. Um, we will come back to you uh, as developments unfold. But for now, Jakob Larsen, Head of Security at BIMCO, thank you very much for joining the Lloyd's List podcast. Thanks for having us.